Hello, hello. Welcome back. It's Jan. And this is All That Matters, and I'm so glad you're here. I want to encourage you, uh, if any of you have questions or suggestions or insights or just want to communicate, because I'd love to keep up this dialogue with us and uh, between us, um, please contact me at jan at jangoldstein.com, will you? Uh, I'm also encouraging you to check out my books at uh, jangoldstein.com. Um, all of that is part of my message and who I am, and I'm so happy to share and so happy that hundreds of you have signed up to be part of this podcast, and I hope you'll share it with others. Each week, we're looking at different ways to connect to the good stuff uh, and sharing life stories. And uh, I don't know about you, but at times, to me, the daily story we're getting, the daily American soundtrack with its squabbling political junkies and talk radio vigilantes and testimonials to shattered lives, I mean, it's enough to sink my soul. And, and I felt that way before the pandemic. So it's only increased in isolation, hasn't it? Uh, stories uh, each and every day, the news, the steady diet of news, whether you pick it up on uh, on one of the networks, whether you pick it up on cable, uh, whether you're looking online and getting news, we're getting a steady diet of such challenge and such difficulty uh, that... I know across America, as well as across the world, uh, there is a saturation that is taking place and it's impacting mental health. And you may be feeling that uh, and you may be aware of it, sort of an aching somewhere in the day in your mind, um, or you may be acutely aware uh, and it may be a bit sharper for you. But there's no doubt in my mind that what we take in uh, uh, is, is, stays with us and impacts us uh, in ways that we might not be thinking out or might not be fully aware of. Uh, I mean, it's not that the fear of the pandemic or um, issues of terrorism or economic recession... Um, or even the scandals that they try to set up, uh, whether it's about some political candidate or some star. Uh, I mean, it's not that they're not fascinating subjects. Um, who's divorcing who just is not intensely germane, however, to my personal future, nor yours, I suspect. I mean, there's got to be something there, I suppose, right? Uh, the cross-generational women of The View, they have to know what's on America's mind, don't they? And... Every once in a while, Anderson Cooper points out on his ridiculous, uh, just how ridiculous some of these stories are. And you got to trust a guy like that. That's just something about his sincerity. But still, we take in show tyroid, talk show tirades and radio rants, and it's as if pandering to obsession with pain is some kind of virtue. And I go, you know, what is that all about? I mean, don't misread me. I'm not advocating we give up publicly discussing these social issues. It's just that when I hear... We begin today with breaking news. I mean, breaking news. When I hear that, I begin to shudder inside. What's 
coming now. And I used to look forward to the news. But I felt this way, as I say, before everything that's going on right now was happening, that we were increasingly getting in to others' challenges and others' struggles to such an extent that it was saturating uh, public discourse, and even the more so now. I mean, there's just so many ways you can promote stories of fear and rejection before you become part of the problem. Live, this hour's news headlines. Oh my God, what now? Don't you feel yourself saying that whenever you hear the announcement of some new headline? What's going to hit us now? And this leads me to, of all people, the Dalai Lama. I mean, a number of years back, at the Tibetan leader's request, a group of Jewish leaders were gathered to share the story of their people. It seemed that the exiled holy man was interested in finding out how the Jews had gone through hundreds of years of wandering and managed to survive and remain creative when they weren't in their country. And he related that to his own exile from Tibet and his own people's exile uh, from their country and from their way of life. And it was his fervent hope to share the strategies he learned from the Jewish leaders with, with his own people, his own oppressed community. And... Roger Kamenetz movingly tells the story of the historic interchange in his book, The Jew and the Lotus. And it seems that one day in a private audience with the Dalai Lama, one of the rabbis was asked to share the story of the Shoah, the Holocaust. Now he gently demurred. He he said, surely this great Buddhist leader well-read and traveled, had heard more than his share of accounts about the Nazi horror. Why was he want to hear from me? But the revered leader kindly pressed on with these words. But I wish to hear your story. Now, there's a gift of wisdom in that simple request. I want us to tune in to the fact that Each of us has our own particular story in life that's worthy of being told. And sometimes others create a space for us to do so as the Dalai Lama was doing right then for the rabbi. And it's up to us to step into that loving opening and be heard. And so it is that the rabbi began to speak and share his personal story, telling details of his own family's tragic fate at the hands of Hitler. And after a few minutes, the rabbi noticed that there were tears falling from the eyes of his listener. My, he thought. He was moved and a bit unsettled at the sight. I'm actually making the Dalai Lama cry. But carry on, he did, weaving the tale of sadness and sacrifice with great energy. Now, this rabbi got caught up in his story and the drama of his own words, and suddenly he felt a hand gently pressing on his shoulder. He looked up to face the holy man. But I'm not 
finished, he softly protested, noticing the Dalai Lama's eyes were filled to overflowing now. I know, replied His Holiness, and I want to listen to it all, but I need to hear something else now. I need to hear something else now. In that response is a whole world of wisdom. He acknowledged simply that we need to balance not only what we take into our bodies, but also what we take into our hearts. If we ingest a steady diet of sensationalism or sadness or troubles, even if we boycott it with mindless, unbridled levity, we remain in an unbalanced state. And that's what the Dalai Lama was teaching with his simple words, I need to hear something else now. We're like a sponge and we can only take in so much water or so much liquid and then we burst and then it begins to leak out. We're unaware of our very lack of equilibrium, which is why we need to listen to our own lives. We need to listen for our soul's needs, to our heart's requirements. Listen, we can alter the soundtrack, the daily soundtrack of our lives. And in so doing, we can achieve a stability that may be missing. I don't know how and what works for each of you. It might be some music you set aside during the day. I've got to listen to some music. I've got to look at a, a work of art, read some poetry or something from a memoir or novel, take myself outside of this life. It might be watching something that's funny. I need to laugh. I know that Norman Cousins discovered laughter was a great medicine. We need to take ourselves out of that steady diet of sensationalism and of horror and of pain that we are often fed just by turning on the news. Balance in what we hear leads to balance in what we say, what we experience, what we do. In other words, we need to feed our souls yin as well as yang. You know, if we listen to the soundtrack of our lives, we can achieve not only the good life we seek, but even more soul-nourishing, a life of goodness. Here's to a bit more goodness growing out of a bit more equilibrium and balance in our lives. I wish that for you this coming week, finding ways to create that balance, feeding not only your ears, your mind, your heart, and your soul, feeding yourself a diet that will encourage evenness, hopefulness, heartfulness. Until next week, I'm Jan Goldstein. This is all that matters.